1: Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30am to 2.30pm serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at Poor Richard's Cafe located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Devin Hassan and Taylor Raglan. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed their 4th of July festivities last week. And um, yeah, we're back with another episode and another uh, continuation of our ongoing high school sports awards series, the Varsities, 7th seventh, uh, seventh straight year that we're doing this, looking back on some of these standout moments throughout the previous uh, athletics year. So um, whereas last week we discussed some of these standout games within our coverage area, we're going to shift gears and talk about uh, you know, some folks who are obviously very instrumental in these programs for sure but so, you know with all the uh, you know the spotlight that we put on the athletes you know and just the uh, the exploits that they showcase throughout the uh, school year let's talk about some of the folks that are in charge of helping mold those athletes and recognize some of the best coaches from our coverage area over the uh, over the previous school year so uh, for this part of the podcast we'll talk your two de- your two uh, markets Devin you know mesquite and Rowlett, go we'll some Plano and Allen talk between me and Taylor so yeah let's start Devin whether it's Rolette or Mesquite, who gets your nod for uh, for Coach of the Year for uh, for the Varsities? Well,
2: uh, in Rale- the Raleigh saxi area, um, we're going to roll with, uh, there's a lot of great candidates mm-hmm. obviously with the amount of uh, success that those two programs have um, all around, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, we're going to roll with our, our Star Local Media Boys Basketball that's Coach right. of the Year, uh, Zach mm-hmm. Mikesell That's, uh, a, good, that's at, a good pick. <laughs> over at Sachi. Uh You know, Saxi, uh, since they became a, a varsity uh, competing program in 2004, they has enjoyed just huge success across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, Every, every team has made the playoffs at least six times coming into this year, uh, except for boys' basketball. And it's always been a little bit of an enigma trying to figure out why they haven't been more successful. They had just three playoff appearances uh, in their history coming into this year. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times those were you know, kind of limping in and fourth place type, type runs. And, uh, you know, really it was a program in disarray. Uh, they were 2-25 and 25 in 2017, 2018. Uh, their coach left in December a longtime coach left in December. There was discontent between the parents and the coaching staff, uh, and it was just—I mean—it was a program in shambles, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, Zach Mikecell an, was an assistant coach with a very successful lakey program across the way, and so he, could, he saw this firsthand. You know, you know, being, being nearby and playing them a couple times a year, but he also saw talent over there. He saw potential, and he took the job. Um, at the end of the, the conclusion of the 2017-2018 season uh, instantly went about instilling a different work ethic uh, a, a new uh, you know mental approach a winning approach mm-hmm. uh, but it was tough because he basically had the same group of kids that had suffered through this 2-25 and 25 season coming back uh, but he was able to to instill in them a, a new work ethic and a new, a new mindset and it started to pay off you know they, they picked up some nice wins early in the season started to build that confidence started to build that motivation and um and carry it through in a district play um, you know it's, it's a, that's a tough district uh, with a, with a very good South Carlin team mm-hmm. uh, a Wiley team that was state- ranked for a lot of the year but I think that was one of the signature wins is they hit a buzzer beater uh, to win 63 62 over Wiley when they were state ranked uh, proving that they could compete not just compete with but beat one mm-hmm. of the big boys uh, and it carried and it carry over into uh, their first playoff appearance since 2016 uh, they set a school record for number of victories and um, with 18. So when you go from two wins one year to 18 the next, uh, with mm-hmm. virtually the same cast of characters, mm-hmm. that just shows you what an impact uh, a great coach can make.
1: I, uh, I remember the year before Mikesell got there, covering a non-district game between Plano and Saxey, And not really having much backstory on Saxe heading into that, so I just kind of assumed they were just like every other Saxie program. And then when Plano beats them, they beat them by like 25 points or whatnot. And then you figure out after the fact that, oh, okay, Sachse's, you know been in a bit of a down period, and then those two teams play each other again this you know this previous season at a, at a tournament up in Frisco. Um, Plano had just come off a thrilling victory over Little Elm. I mean, R.J. Hampton and all that I mean, just what was I guess now pound for pound their best win of the season. They turn right around and play Saxey again, and Saxey beats them in overtime. And it was a lot of the same Plano team from uh, from the season before, um, you know, that just handled Saxey. So just to see that kind of, and you kind of had an inkling right then and there. And then I think they beat Plano West later yes. on in district. So they were, I mean, they were knocking off some PISD teams left and right. So you kind of had an inkling beforehand that okay, this something's a little bit different around campus.
2: Yeah, and and you, again, you can yeah. just tell by the way they they conduct us. Even something as simple as warmups, just yeah. the kind of the way they. Get approached it and just you know their, their mindset and just kind of the confidence they carried themselves with uh you know going out uh, each and every game uh believing they had a chance to win mm-hmm. you know you're not gonna win them all it's still gonna take time uh you know for them they're not where they want to be certainly but um you know the strides they were able to make in year one was, was certainly remarkable
1: um, you know, for one of my picks for, for Plano was another uh, first-year head coach, albeit one that's fairly familiar, you know, to, to folks around the Plano area. Uh, Jeff Clarkson uh, with the Prestonwood Boys basketball team. You know, Clarkson, who had spent, you know, five, the previous five, six years over at Plano East, his alma mater, you know, did some good work over there with the Panthers, a couple district championships, a four-round playoff run in 2013, I want to say. Uh, but then he goes and, you know, and he joins Prestonwood, which is, you know, far and away the most credentialed basketball program in TAPS, at least of this decade, um, just state champion chips out the wazoo, you know, Julius Randle, Zach Peters. I mean, just a laundry list of just star stud players that have come through that program. You know, Clarkson takes that over, but you look at what happened this season, and it was really unlike any year that Preston Woods had. I mean, first off, their best player, their best returner, Justin Webster, he transfers before the season starts. You know, he um you know transfers to a military academy out in Virginia. So just like that, you know, a Preston Woods team that was already going to be pretty low on returning experience, they lose their, you know, the heart and soul of their team, and just you look at how their season unfolded and just injuries really kind of prevented them from ever really finding a whole lot of just continuity during the regular season. They were really up and down. You know, there's the, I mean, I want to say they, were, they hovered right around 500 for much of the regular season. So, I mean, this is a pressing to a team that, I mean, you could go, you know, if over the past, you know, I mean. You know, there were three, four-year stretches where they lost. You know, fewer games than they did. You know, just uh, you know, combined. You know, just this past season. So, uh, you weren't really sure what to make out of it out of them. You know, in a sense, like, when you know, once the playoffs starts, they weren't even they weren't even ranked. You know, in hindsight, but then, you know, um, just they get healthy and things kind of all fall into place for them, and they catch fire. You know, they take down teams like Bishop Lynch and John Paul that swept them during the regular season, and I really think in a sport like basketball, where I mean, continuity chemistry is so key just between the five guys that you have on the court so you know for as long as that team had to go without some of the uh, you know some of the key players in their rotation to be able to you know, work them back in you know just in time for the playoffs going up against these teams that had a little bit more on that side like a team like John Paul which I mean they're you know they're five had played so many minutes together and then you know they play Prestonwood in the state semifinals and then PCA beats them by 13 <laughs> I mean just a complete role reversal from the regular season um, ultimately though they fall one win shy of Getting another state title, they lost in overtime. I want to say to uh, to San Antonio Antonian, uh, 70 to 67. But still, I mean, for a team that wasn't even on the radar as far as being a title contender when the playoffs began, um, some some great work up there with some of the best work the Clarkson's done in his uh in his strong coaching career. Um, Taylor, where did you land for your uh, your Plano uh, your Plano Coach of the Year?
3: Well, I think that you know it's, it was a weird year because you have you know guys like Joey McCullough. I think what he did with Plano East was okay. you know a, a good year. Um, you know, certainly helped by the talent and the growth and the, and the chemistry, like you talked about. Uh, it's important in basketball, but just for the kind of the unique nature of of what he was asked to do, I'm going to have to go with Justin Waters of, of Plano West Volleyball, yeah. just because you're handed the keys to the program. Literal weeks before, I think less than <coughs> two weeks, if I remember the timeline correctly, uh, before the start of the regular season, and and asked to take this team that, you know, the expectation from the beginning was deep playoff run. I mean, you look at Amon and Jay, Joe Presley, um, just everybody that they had on that roster. Um, you know, under under the previous head coach, it was mm-hmm. it was already an expectation. But then you kind of throw this wrench in it that. You know now this new coach this interim head coach with the interim tag is, is being handed the the keys to the program and, and asked to go do this with you know girls he'd been around mm-hmm. you know he was in the program and, and coaching as an assistant and all that good stuff but still that's that's a tough sell um, and then you couple that with the fact that you know they get out to this hot start. All this hype is building, you know, it looks like he didn't even miss a beat, you know, they're state title contenders, and all of a sudden they just drive into the ditch for for no reason, apparently, in the middle of uh, district play. Um, You know, watching them during that slump that they had was completely different than watching them during, you know, regular season play, preseason play. Um, Their communication was horrible, they looked like they were getting at each other, like they were, it it was just a weird scene, and then all of a sudden he writes the ship again. (laughs) and and, you know the last I believe the last six games of district play they were five and one Um, you know they they bought in um, I think to what um, you know he was he was saying he's significantly different than than coaches they've had in the past as far as um, you know technical stuff and I think maybe some of that came into play some frustration but um, you know, like I said, they finished five and one in district. The one loss was to Prosper. Um, you know, a really close five set match. They were officially back at that point. They hit the playoffs. They run all the way to the regional tournament where they beat the Prosper and the Woodlands at combined six two. Um, you know, didn't even get to five sets in either one. And then make a state tournament appearance, lose. Um, you know, in the in the state semifinals, but still, just the job that Waters was able to do on such short notice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, taking over that program. I don't know how much notice he actually had. Um, you know, but at least from an outsider's perspective you know not very much and, and being asked to kind of get all that together and and you know utilize the talent that you have and and make it that kind of run is is pretty impressive and obviously it earned him uh the dropping of the interim tag he'll be back they should be back you know they bring back pretty much everybody so um but yeah just his his efforts and and taking over that team and and kind of guiding them through that that mid-district slump that that looked like I mean there were times where I was like are they even going to make The playoffs. It was was that bad.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a district. And I'm sure the quality of the district has something to do with that as well. That district did send four teams to the third round.
3: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, had it been. Had it been a softer district, it's a lot easier to survive a stretch like that. But yeah, with Prospers and, and McKinney last year, and, and even Boyd, you know, all those teams running around that are just yeah. consistently good, you can't afford that kind of stuff. So for him to to kind of pull them out of the ditch right at the at the right moment and, and lead them on that run, I think he he edges out guys like you know Julie McCullough and, and some other coaches that had good years.
1: Let's circle circle back around to you, Devin, Man, so uh, what about Mesquite? Where was your Where was your coach
2: of the year pick out in Mesquite? Uh, we're gonna. St- or stay with Mesquite High, um, okay. old Mesquite, uh, Jeff Fleener, um, mm. and uh, you know, and I think, and his staff. I mean, in football especially, it's such a staff yeah. thing. And he'd be the first one to tell you. He said it over and over again. Okay. Hey, you know, it, our staff's done a tremendous job. Uh, but uh, a team, a, a Skeeter team, that uh, went one and nine in 2017, and it wasn't just the fact that they went one and nine. It was some of those losses. I mean, you know, 61 nothing against Saxey, 45 seven against Rockwall. 61 to three against longview i mean obviously these are very good teams they're playing but those are lopsided margins and uh you know coach felina was just he was very straightforward about it he said we weren't strong enough to compete i mean we just simply weren't strong enough to compete with those kind of teams Mm -hmm. and so um they just they spent the entire offseason i mean they were in the the second that regular season ended they were in the weight room getting stronger building stronger um and it paid off last year. Uh, you know, they go 5-5. Five and five, uh, You know, so a four-game turnaround. Mm-hmm. They could have been 6-5. and five. I mean, they, they lost to Lake Highlands in the opener. And they started building a little bit of momentum, building a confidence, kind of like we talked about with the Saxy Boys basketball. Yeah. They beat Plano West. They beat L.D. Bell. Uh, they were leading Grand Prairie in a game, you know, we had all that crazy weather last year. And mm-hmm. one of those games that wasn't able to, to start the second half, so it went as an unofficial game. But yeah. they were up in that. Um And then I think the what the the game that really opened people's eyes was when they were able to beat Horn in the district opener. I mean, this is Horn had been the class of Mesquite Mesquite ISD, at least among six A programs, Mm -hmm. a perennial playoff team, and a team that handled Mesquite with no problem in 2017. Well, was it the case this time? Mesquite was strong enough to compete, and they went head to head uh, in a defensive battle that that went down to the wire. Uh, Mesquite's able to kick a last second field goal, uh, or actually, time expired to to win 2017. that was just kind of a signature moment for a program that had been on such hard times the previous few years, um, but then again they faced a little bit of ad- adversity uh, the next uh, week with they they lost Rockwall Heath. Six to four, and that wheels-off score there. Um, so, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so yeah, the two safeties and one, one touchdown Yeah, yeah, it was it was bizarre. Yeah. But then you kind of question, you said, okay, is this team going to fold now? Mm-hmm. The, the toughest part of this schedule, I mean, they're, they're, they have a playoff berth within their grasp, but are you going to let this derail what has mm-hmm. been uh, you know a solid first month of the season? And they didn't. Uh, they were able to, to, to stay focused. They beat North Mesquite the following week, and they were able to help uh, take care of business against Tyler Lee. To effectively clinch a playoff berth with three weeks left in the mm-hmm. regular season, um, they did lose to Rockwall. They did lose to Longview, but they were competitive games. Mm-hmm. There were games they were they led early in both. Yeah. So a far cry from it, and that's another sign of the progress. They're not to the point, and Coach Plainer and that staff will be the first one to tell you we're not there yet. We're not near where we want to be. But the fact that you go from being just outmatched a year ago against a heavyweight like Longview that, and to, to be competitive with them and to hang with them uh, the eventual state champions mm-hmm. uh, just showed the amount of progress they were able to make from 2017 to 2018 and uh, they've hit the off season with that same kind of vigor mm-hmm. that same kind of enthusiasm so really curious to see what lies ahead in the, in the fall from, from that uh, Mesquite team in the third year under that staff As far as um,
1: Taylor, our picks for, uh, for Coach of the Year out of Allen um, and Lojo for that mm-hmm. matter um, you know, with Allen, there's—I mean—you can go in a bunch of different directions Yes, yeah. I mean, with, how do you how do you choose with like with Coach Best with the wrestling program? It's like mm-hmm. it's like you could give it to him every year. It's yep. like Bill Belichick or Greg Popovich. It's yep. you can make a case Gamble, for every it's kind year. kind of the same way. Yeah, Coach Gamble with the uh, with the football program. Um, and then you look at what, like you know like a first year coach like Kelly Thompson did with yep. girls soccer. But uh, you know, when I look back on just this uh, you know this previous school year with Allen, I'm just I was just so impressed with the work of the girls basketball team. Mm-hmm. And it's just there's something to be said for a team that you know it all kind of comes together for that one dream playoff run, and they just you know a program that's you know that achieves those new heights. And this was a program that had never you know been past the third round, and just for them to uh, you know just to because it was kind of like Plano West volleyball in a sense mm-hmm. that like this team had lots of talent on paper. And you were hearing rumblings at the start of the season from other coaches around the district, like keep an eye on Allen. This is this this Allen team's got a chance to be you know something special. And you know they a lot of it had to do with them getting Nia Green back from. Bishop Lynch and right. you know, McDonald's All-American obviously always helps, but um, you know this team and you know following them throughout the season and just the uh, the ups and downs in district that they went through because for all the talent you know that, that team had, I mean they had multiple blowout losses on mm-hmm. their ledger in district play um, that I was there for firsthand. So just getting to see it all kind of fall apart at the seams and you know them losing at you know to uh, to Plano at home by 20 points in their district opener and you know in an Allen team that we had just finished uh, I believe for our preseason uh, pre district <laughs> rankings. Then the district champions, mm-hmm. and then they go out and just get run off the floor by tough <laughs> district, man. By playing over, yeah, no kidding. Tough place to play. But then, um, and then you look at the, uh, on the back end of the, uh, of the first round of district, uh, Prosper just, I mean, just demolishes them in the fourth quarter. And there were times when, kind of like Plano West, where you just couldn't even make out what Allen was even doing out there. Like, there were times when they just kind of were looking around at each other, like they weren't, like they were, uh, like five different players thought they were running five different plays. Mm-hmm. And um, you just, yeah, I don't know, just this team, like for all the talent that they had, there was just something between the ears that just kind of was, uh, was a bit uh, a bit awry when um, when adversity struck during some some of these district ball games, so you're thinking kind of at a kind of at the midpoint of district play. Like, okay, what is this team even going to be? Mm-hmm. You know, you know that they've got. I mean, they have the talent, obviously, but you know, that's in in the metroplex. That's not enough. <laughs> you know, when you look at um, you know, some of the programs that you're going to be seeing in the playoffs, like you need much, much more than that. Um, you know, so then over the second half, you know, you notice that they make some tweaks to the rotation. You know, they're willing to experiment with some new defensive schemes and whatnot. And then um, it all kind of slowly starts to round into form. You know, this team late in the Year starts really showing a knack for coming through in the clutch. I think of their rematch against Prosper that they wanted the buzzer as kind of the uh, you know the harbinger of things to come. And then I mean head coach Teresa Durham just pushes all the right buttons there in the playoffs as far as you know just kind of getting this team back on track mentally. And then just kind of looking at what happened in the playoffs with like I think like a player like like Sydney Adams is almost like like an avatar for what Allen was able to accomplish in the playoffs just from a tactical standpoint. Mm -hmm. Like Adams, who you know she hits that game winner against, uh, you know, against Saxe, so she's right there in the closing minutes of that game, you know, has the biggest moment of that victory, and then in the fourth round against Flugerville-Henriksen, she doesn't see the court until the fourth quarter, you know, so, I mean, just the, you know, Durham's willingness to kind of adapt game to game and not just kind of roll with just the same, you know, the same approach, and which can be tough on players, too, because, you know, it's, you know, there's some buy-in that's required in that, you know, and making sure that players are, uh, you know, okay with understanding that, okay, you did this one game, might not necessarily be a guarantee you're going to have as much of a uh, of a role the following game, you know. But they, ins- you know, she inserts Adams there in the fourth quarter and has her just provide just some spark plug on defense, you know, against Michaela Woods, who at the time had scored 40 points against them. And you know, Adams is in there clamping on her in the fourth quarter, and they end up. And that was kind of what the uh, you know just the the defensive spark that Allen needed to finally pull away there in that mm-hmm. game, and then. She turns around, starts Adams in the regional finals against Prosper, and Adams leads the team in scoring. So just to get that kind of, <coughs> of buy-in from your players, and to look what they were able to, you know, kind of overcome and realize that potential that they showed in flashes early in the season, um, the adversity that they had to battle through in the middle of district, and for it to be rewarded with far and away the team's best season ever. You know, this is mm-hmm. again, this is a program that had never even been to the regional tournament, so for them to, uh, you know, parlay that into a trip to the state semifinals, where they ran into a, a Judson team that just wasn't going to be denied that right. year. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, still, uh, just head and shoulders, just some some great stuff by Coach Durham and her staff as far as getting the uh, the best that they could have conceivably out of uh, out of this Allen mm-hmm. team. How about you, Taylor? Let's, uh, let's close out the first half with your uh, your Allen slash Lovejoy, Coach of the Year.
3: It's slash Lovejoy, for sure, because yeah. like you said, I mean, Allen has some slam dunks. I mean, best game, gamble, well, the, the ones we've already talked about. And yeah. Lovejoy kind of had a mini Allen year this year, yeah. too. I mean, Todd yeah. Ford with the football program, they made the second round. I mean, they got rolled by Alito, but, you know, that's... Who didn't? It's, it's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, Brittany Lee coming on to the softball program in her first mm-hmm. year, had a really good year. Jason Wilson with the baseball uh, team. Mm-hmm. Um, really tight series against Frisco, one star in the third round. Gets yeah. them knocked out. So lots of good candidates and a really good year across the board. But um, you know, it's not often that a coach that that I'm going to name Coach of the Year is no longer with the school or the program. So, um, but but that's what's going to happen here because I'm going to go with with Jason Nicholson of the Lovejoy volleyball team. Right. Um, you know, Lovejoy volleyball is is synonymous with state tournament appearances, state championships. Um, you know, they're they're making deep postseason runs every single year, pretty much regardless of what's going on. You know, but at the same time, it's not easy you know it's not like you just run especially in you know, a 5a level yeah it's yeah. not like you just run your team out there and, and say okay we're lovejoy you know here we go just where's our state tournament appearance I mean Nicholson um, you know obviously you know during his time at Lovejoy was um, you know I think 2014 2018 really influential uh, state title in the first year under him um, two trips to the state Finals including this last year um, and and again they were just dominant this year they they just you know it, it's It's really incredible uh, to me that they didn't end up Taking home a state title just because of how dominant they were, even in the state tournament, the state semifinals, it was like, yeah, like I'm just going to be covering a, a state champion uh, tomorrow. It, it just seems like they were set up. Um, it didn't happen, but you know, like I said, a weird situation because Nicholson leads them all the way there, um, and then uh, after the season, you know, we find out that Ryan Mitchell, uh, who led Lovejoy to five consecutive state championships <laughs> <laughs> before Wilson got there. I mean, not Wilson, uh, Nicholson. I mixed up my Jasons. Um, and then departed for South Lake Carroll. He had returned last season as an assistant and the girls' athletic director. Uh, now, you know the obvious implication is that he returned under the condition that you know he was going to be the head coach again at some point. So Nicholson gets rewarded for his state championship game appearance with uh, with the boot. So a weird situation for sure, but but it doesn't diminish the fact that you know Nicholson and, and that team were clearly the 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 school's most dominant program um and i and i think along with that he deserves you know the title of best yeah. coach even though like i said no longer employed by lovejoy <laughs> it's a weird it's a weird deal
1: very much so very much so so man yeah, that's a look at at least uh, a few of the coach of the year candidates from our respective markets uh we'll bring in brian murphy to talk some of the uh, the schools in his neck of the woods for a school little on um, salina plus some of our picks for some of the denton county schools and we will get to that after a word from the sponsor Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media, 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly pages of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. And we are back. We have subbed in Brian Murphy for Devin Hassan as we continue our uh, our discussion for some of our uh, our best coach selections for the seventh edition of the Varsity. So, uh, with you on the uh, on the round table, Brian, we'll be talking some Frisco, some Little Elm, and some Salina. Plus, Taylor and I will give our picks for uh, a few of our, our Denton County markets as well as uh, McKinney, with Kendra Johnson being out today. So, um, yeah, Brian, whether it's Frisco, Little Elm, or Salina, what is your first pick for Coach of the Year? want to start uh, this off by giving some love to to little Elm and, and Jill Miller and that
4: little Elm um softball team you know reaching new heights uh, this year prior to this season no little Elm um sport had ever made it to the regional tournament you know that had been that Achilles heel getting it past that third round and, and not only did the lady Lobo softball team make it to that regional tournament, they made it all the way to the fifth round. Um, they defeated El Paso Chapin, who was top three in the state at the time, and yeah. they got the one-game playoff uh, against those guys, mm-hmm. and, and they beat them four to two. Uh, a game that many people uh, didn't pick Littleham to win. So then that set them up in the fifth round, new unfamiliar unfamiliar territory uh, for Littleham there. And you know, if it wasn't for the Colony, that you know that big beast uh, with you know All-American Jada Coleman and all those superstars they have, mm-hmm. and you know, I think they could have really made a, a legit run at state with Jill Miller as the head coach. Second year with the program, last year she came over from Naiman Forest, a team that really hadn't, you know, had a whole lot of softball mm-hmm. success. But you know, she made the move over to Little Elm and, and led them to the playoffs, led them to a first round playoff series win over Frisco Independence, which is huge, mm-hmm. huge for the program. And then this year they took that to new heights, uh, making it to the fifth round. And you know, it's only fitting that Jill Miller's my Little Elm Coach of the Year. She, you know, she was our uh, all area softball team coach of the year as well our first ever Mm -hmm. softball coach of the year Jill Miller so big year uh, for for her and the Lady Lobos there and I'll be meeting uh, with her uh, later this week for a a really interesting feature story I'll just leave it at that and I'll let y'all
1: let y'all check that out later this week. So make sure to stay tuned for that. Nice little tease right there. <laughs> so then, um, yeah, you mentioned our our all area pick for uh for softball coach of the year. Um, you know, when you look at just some of the coaches that sprung from our Denton County markets, I mean, as far as a first year goes, I mean, it doesn't get any better than leading a team to a state championship in your first year. And I mean, what a job that Jamie Siegel did with Flower Flowermount Volleyball in hindsight, our all, all area coach of the year for volleyball. And just, I mean, the, the anecdote that Justin Thomas dropped on her um, from her at the at the very start of the season. I mean, as far as just kind of setting expectations, when, um, so at the start of the season, Coach Siegel told her players to select which finger they'd like to wear their state championship rings on. And think this is, I mean, this is Flower Mound Volleyball, you know, a solid program at least as far as, you know, Metroplex programs go, but not like you're taking over like Allen football where like a state championship mm-hmm. is the is the expectation every single year. Um, I mean, Flower Mound Volleyball had never been past the third round, you know, in their history. So for Coach Siegel to already right out of the chute walk in there and um, basically declare a state championship expectation for a program that just had never, you know, flirted with those kinds of expectations um, and for them to follow up on that the way that they did. And I mean, that just kind of of shows right there just the kind of coach that Coach Siegel is as far as kind of instilling, instilling that confidence and just that swagger into, a, you know, into our players and with a program that took it and ran with it like they did and just some of the heavyweight teams that they knocked off, not just in their own district, you know, with Capel and Marcus and Hebron, you know, Hebron, which had won the previous three state championships, but then in the playoffs to not, you know, bat an eye when, you know, staring down number one ranked Byron Nelson or Southlake Carroll, which has been, you are know, just head and shoulders above the Metroplex and volleyball for uh, for quite some time now. And then, you know, Taylor, you saw Fort Bend Ridge yep. Point against Plano West at the state tournament and then Flyermount turns around and beats them in four sets at yep. the state it, battle game. It didn't look particularly hard <laughs> at, at <laughs> any point in the
3: state tournament. I mean, I covered both those games and they were yeah. just kind of out there doing their deal yeah. and, and uh, they were loose. I think that's kind of one of the bigger, you know, right at the in the state semifinal game, it seemed like there was some, well, in the state mm. final, I guess, as well. I mean, that big of a stage, there's some initial jittery, you know, jittery stuff going on, but they settled in quickly, and and they were loose, and yeah, it, it kind of seemed like their tournament to win, and and they did. It was. It was a clinic for sure.
1: They think a seasoned vets for a program that, yeah. again, it, it was playing that far in the playoffs for the first time ever. And um, and yeah, like I think a lot of that just from a from a sheer just mindset and work ethic standpoint, a lot of that kind of is a reflection on Coach Siegel. And just you think back to the start of the year and just the job that she did getting those kids prep for something that I don't know if when she came over she saw a state championship caliber mm-hmm. team in her players or if you know she could have had you know uh, I don't know the equivalent of us playing for her. Right. She still would have been instilling that kind of a. That that kind of belief in them but nevertheless I mean yeah just what a what a debut and I mean they've still got a ton back heading into mm-hmm. this season so I mean it's I'm sure those expectations are not changing anytime soon over in Flower Mound. Um, Taylor let's talk uh, let's talk some Lake Cities. Sure. As far as uh, you know a nice little bounce back year for Lake Dallas just yep. as an athletics program as a whole really uh, really benefited from the move to a new district in a new region so as far as coach of the year candidates where did you land on this one?
3: I think there are two clear winners in this category which you no, luckily enough, there's two of us, so yeah. I'll leave. I'll leave one of, one of the obvious. I'll leave one of the obvious ones for you, but I'm going to take. Mm. Um, you know, arguably, you know, there's an argument for both of these guys, but but for Ryan Howard and the baseball team, you could almost argue that he deserves this award more than any other coach just because of what he had. And I'm not saying the Falcons were bad, I mean, you have to have talent to, to make a run to the, you know, the, the regional um, semifinals and, and go that far in, in the playoffs, you know, but at the same time, it wasn't like they were a bill heritage, they just weren't. And, and they would tell you the same thing, I mean, Ryan Deverschmidt, definition of a gamer, Great, uh, elite high school athlete, really competitive. Cade um, McCollum had some absolute gems. Ben Price, Ryan Hull um, in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are guys that, that are certainly very talented baseball players, but they're, they weren't on the level of... You know, I see this team threatening a run of the state tournament, and and that's what happened. And, and I think that um, you know that run combined with just the overall kind of atmosphere and attitude of that program, combined with the fact that Howard's no, now going on to take a job at Capel. I mean, that's not an easy job to get. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's 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 a coach um, and, and and Ryan Howard that you know he he was clearly a huge part of what happened. You know, he was clearly a huge part of making that thing go and getting those guys to buy into this kind of. Really competitive, um, you know, together attitude that they had that carried them so deep into the playoffs. And like I said, he's being rewarded now with you know one of the state's premier jobs. You know, you want to say the area's premier jobs, but literally Capel, I think, is one of the state's you know best oh, yeah. jobs. And and he's going to get a chance to go over there and try to give them something that you know they haven't they haven't had. So. You know, I think just for his work and and really taking a team that looked middling and average at best in district play, you know, barely got in the playoffs really. I mean, they were tied for um, the third and fourth seed, won a play-in game that turned out to be hugely important because (laughs) you avoid Collierville Heritage in the first round. So you win that play-in game over Denton Ryan and then all of a sudden you're just off to the races with with basically the the ultimate definition. I mean, you talk about Allen Girls Basketball in the first half. You know, they had more talent than Lake Dallas Baseball, but a really similar feeling of, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a true you team that made this run, not the fact that you just have Bobby Witt, or or whatever the case may be, and not saying the Caldwell Heritage, that was all. I mean, that team was just absolutely stacked this year. But, yeah, for for Howard's work and just kind of getting all those guys to buy in and and go on that kind of a run, I think, you know, he's obviously as deserving as as anybody over there.
1: And if, uh, yeah, I mean, if not Coach Howard, then the other case can be made for uh, for head coach Brandon Martin of the Lake Dallas Boys Soccer Program, which, I mean, it's kind of been a, uh, I mean, because Coach Martin's been there longer than, uh, you know, three years, but you just think of just the past three seasons, and just the steadiest scent that that program has been making. Like back in 2017, when they finished, I want to say it was fifth in the district, and mm-hmm. a team that was good enough to you know to have made the playoffs, but they just could not catch a break in shootouts. Yep. They had something like a one in six record, I want to say, in in shootouts that season. But then the following season in 2018, qualify for the playoffs, win their first ever playoff game, mm-hmm. and you almost make it you know into that third round. You yep. I mean you were there to see their uh, you know their late their late loss to Lovejoy, and just to see now what this team does entering 2019 with like because this like unlike the baseball team which you know kind of that run kind of came out of nowhere you yeah. could say I mean the soccer team was uh, there were now like true you know true blue oh, expectations yeah. of a program. I was, that-
3: I was really high on them coming into the mm-hmm. season like I, I thought this was absolutely a possibility and I thought you know even watching their run that you know that that regional final game it, that could have gone either way i mean i was out mm-hmm. there if you saw my tweets from that day it was like 35 40 mile an hour winds and like freezing and raining it, it was it was awful conditions mm-hmm. so who knows if you play that game in you know 75 degrees and bluebird skies, maybe that's different and they don't lose to eventual state champion bel air but in any case yeah it was it was the expectation there's something to be said for a coach that lives up to an expectation mm-hmm. you know there's there's two ways of looking at it howard and, and martin
1: uh, yes, yeah, so just I mean to take the uh, kind of the, the lesson learned from that loss to Lovejoy in 2018, mm-hmm. and just the uh, you know just the motivation to uh, you know to play until the end, just to grind these games out until the absolute last second because that's what ended up doing mm-hmm. in Lake Dallas against Lovejoy. It was a goal in what the 80th minute mm-hmm. they allowed. So then to see that uh, just kind of how that mentality was rewarded, and it is kind of ironic then just the number of close calls that that team oh, had, yeah, yeah. as we talked about last week on the podcast with that crazy first round game against Saginaw, which is. Well, almost the absolute definition of playing until the absolute end, with two goals scored in the last 15 seconds of regulation in overtime, and then just some of their subsequent playoff wins. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a team that really had just a mental toughness that hadn't really fully been realized the year before, and yeah, like you said, I mean, a, you, you play that regional final in a uh, under normal weather conditions, and who knows what happens, but nevertheless, um, I mean, yeah, just the absolute halcyon age for Lake Dallas boys soccer right now, and head coach Brandon Martin has a huge hand in, uh, in getting mm-hmm. the Falcons to that stage uh, Brian so let's see Frisco and Salina. which uh, let's pick uh, pick one of them where's a uh, one more coach of the year candidate do I have to pick just one in Frisco <laughs> I, I
4: know, mean it's, how, I, how did you even I, figure I, one out I don't know I, I mean I, so yeah, I, yeah, I could have gone with Chad Cole or Brooke Klein at Reedy obviously mm-hmm. Chad Cole the football coach uh, Klein yeah, softball really coach one, yeah. taking them to the fifth round um, you can always pick coach Jeff Rayburn you know the Lone Star football coach coach Andy Holt Wakeland boys soccer coach May taking it to state for the third year in a row. Mm -hmm. I mean, the list is endless. It's almost impossible to to narrow it down to one. But, you know, there's a program in in Frisco that hasn't missed the playoffs in a decade. And and a man that's been there for most of that time is head coach Ross Reedy. And he's one of the most entertaining guys you'll you'll (laughs) ever meet. I don't know if y'all have have y'all met him. I mean, I got to interview him a little bit after the state tournament and whatnot. Oh, yeah. So you you covered their game against Amarillo. And I mean, it's... Would you have thought that you know, they just lost the state tournament the way he spoke to you? Or? Oh no, no, he's a very very matter of fact
1: guy yeah. and very, very relaxed and,
4: you yes. can see that's, uh, and so he he's got a, he's got some funny mannerisms about him. you know, he has this superstition about having to drink a Coca Cola. At the he has to be at the, <laughs> the scores table every game. I don't even think he drinks all of it. I think it's just there. Um, and he, he told me earlier in the year, he's like, "Man, I got to stop doing that. I'm, get, I'm getting fat. <laughs> I can't, I'm getting old. I can't do this anymore." Um, but but yeah, now he's he, he's a phenomenal coach. He you know the the battles that they had with Lone Star and head coach mm-hmm. Katie Stinton, and I know those two are really good friends as well. And just the fact that he has taken two completely different teams to state. You know, within the last four or five seasons, you know that team's with Jordan Hamilton and Rebecca Leske going mm-hmm. uh, in the spring of 2016, taking a, a, a pretty much a brand new you know roster for the most part. Uh, just a couple months ago to state, and you know they were they had Amarillo against the ropes. So you know, like you said, you were at that mm-hmm. game. They could have very well, a very well won state. But you know, Coach Ross Reedy, he knows what he's doing. and he 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 knows the X's and O's better than anyone, and he. Mm-hmm. You know, he put a, a a team that had, you know, one one superstar but didn't have that, you know you know, didn't have that Jordan Hamilton type player, didn't have, you know, that best player in the state. They didn't have an all American, you know, they but they just had a really good collective group of seniors that really bought in, you know, to Reedy's, you know, philosophies and, and whatnot. And even though they they're losing, you know, a large chunk of their roster, a big chunk of their starting lineup, I expect them to be you know back in the playoff mix for sure back in the district title mix you know just cuz of Ross Reedy, he's just that good
1: cuz like the way that they play is um, is something that it, it it really is a mindset like mm-hmm. a team that really does adopt a uh, a, a defense first mentality oh, a yeah. team that was going to absolutely grind out games and it's not a uh, it's not for everyone it's not no. you know, that's that kind of style of play is not a not every player can be tailored to fit in the system like that and yeah to get that kind of buy in and just what they did and I was at that State title game against Amarillo and I mean for three quarters I mean they had them (laughs) they had the, uh, the Lady Sandys on the ropes there and uh, you know ultimately Amarillo's top shelf talent won out but I mean it was I was just so impressed with just the, uh, the the job that that team did defending what was I mean at least up to that point had been just one of the one of the highest scoring teams in all of class 5a oh
4: yeah and defensively like you just mentioned you know the, a lot of their scores were really really low mm-hmm. uh, in the game before that uh, against Kerrville Tivy you know that final score was 34-28 and that Tivy team was pouring 50, 60, 70 points mm-hmm. a game. And they just, they they suffocated them. Against Lone Star, you know, the la- the, the very last time they played, that score was 43-39, and it, it was only that high because they went to overtime, mm-hmm. you know, with the shot by Randy Thompson yeah. and whatnot. And then the game before that, it was... I don't remember that was in the '30s as well. One of the, the the showdowns they had during the regular season. So defensively, man, it's it's that philosophy that that Reedy implements, and it's just so suffocating to play against. Mm-hmm. You're you're really playing against a team and a great coach and a great scheme, rather than just playing. You know, in basketball, like we've seen, you know, if you have one or two superstars, mm-hmm. or even just one, you know, they're hard to beat. But a team like that, that's so well coached. Always, always tough
1: to beat. Uh, you know, you pick a coach that you know led uh, you know led his team to the uh, to the state tournament, and that was uh, sure enough at McKinney, where Kevin mm-hmm. Johnson landed on his pick for for coach of the year. I mean, sure enough, I mean it was I mean once that baseball team had finished their run, I mean it was the award was of course to lose. I mean oh, just yeah. the, the mm-hmm. job that he did, you know, getting the Broncos to uh, just uncharted waters. Again, another team that uh, you know, like I said earlier, um, you know, with like Flyermont volleyball had never been past the third mm-hmm. round. You know, Boyd is a you know this wasn't a team that really. Uh, I mean, they were just on nobody's radar at the start of the season as, a season, as far as being a team that would have been capable of something like this. Yeah. You know, they finish you know, third in their own district, um, a team that shows well. I mean, they you know they took a game off Allen, an Allen team that went to the third mm-hmm. round um, and were competitive against some of the other elites, but it's not a team that you ever like. Okay, watch out for Boyd come playoff time, and then I mean. It, uh, that playoff run is just something that I'm. I'm just not sure I'm going to forget it anytime soon. Just those some game of the, uh, threes,
3: man, it's crazy. I mean,
1: they won eight consecutive elimination games. Man. I mean, it, you might not find a team like at least within the first five rounds of the playoffs that that just put together a more mentally tough, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, playoff road. Just with, I mean, losing game one of five consecutive playoff series, hmm. and then to uh, you know to be able to turn or four, I should say, all against teams that were you know state ranked. You know, they played Heath, Allen, the Woodlands, Cy Ranch. All rank within the state's top fifteen, and just to have the resolve to continually bounce back. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you got a chance to cover Boyd last year, Taylor. If you talked to Coach Court at any point, I
3: was. Uh, I think the only time I covered him in person was that weird game with Plano West, okay. where it was the walk off that that everybody thought was. Uh Know interference, non-interference mm-hmm. was was he in the bit? It was it was a really weird game, but yeah, I mean, I spoke to him briefly after yeah. that, but but not a ton. The
1: thing he's one of those coaches where because he coached Lovejoy for a bit mm-hmm. too. Um, whether it's a win or a loss, his demeanor doesn't change. He is a mm-hmm. very stoic, calm. You know, is a very stoic, calm way about him, and I think that for a team whose calling card really was like mental toughness, mm-hmm. I think that's the kind of like is whether it's you're a coach or just anybody in a position of leadership. You know, your staff oftentimes like how you compose yourself it's a you know they kind of take that and run with it as far as how they like they see you nervous then they're going to be nervous Mm -hmm. something like that so I think that I mean the fact that they had a coach that just literally doesn't I mean he's an incredible poker face I'd imagine um and the fact that they were able to uh you know this was a team that never really budged despite being you know despite facing some really really just long odds throughout the postseason and to um yeah I mean to have the you know the best season in program history to get to the state tournament um yeah I mean I think that's all a testament to the uh just the, uh, the mental toughness that Coach court instilled in those players. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian, where did you land on Salina for your last of your three Coach of the Year selections? So this one went to a coach. You know, it was her first time ever coaching
4: at the high school level, mm-hmm. period. You know, she's got over 20 years of coaching experience collegiately. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, finally, you know, heading in, Kristen Cole, she wanted, she, you know, she wanted to be there more for her son. She wanted to, you know, make a, a more point of emphasis of being there for her family and this and that. And you know, that high school le- or the college level, she came from UTA, where she was an associate head coach. Before that, she was at West Texas A and M, and obviously, she had a four-year career at Notre Dame. Mm. She was a, an All-American uh, in her high school in Southern California. She. Is a hooper She's a basketball player She knows what she's doing She's been there and done that And you know She was like Man I, I, I want to step down and, But I still want. She still wanted to coach And so she stayed uh, With the high school ranks And a lot of 6A schools Came a calling There was There was uh, Some area 6A programs That are some very good mm-hmm. Very good schools Very good teams that, that had their eyes on her But she chose Salina. You know, she, she was sold by the, the aspect of the Bill Elliott and, you know, the, the great man that he is and, and just the community as, an, as a whole. And, you know, she adopted a team that had missed the playoffs the year before. They were very, very young, going through some a, a bit of a rebuilding stage. So it wasn't easy. Hmm. You know, for Coach Kristen Cole, and then when I spoke to some of the players, you know, earlier in the season, and they they reminisced on their their time in open gym about a year ago. This time, the first time ever seeing her, and Kristen Cole. I mean, she's six three. You know, she she's she's an imposing force on there. She's very loud. She's very intense, and she she takes pride in that. So mm-hmm. you you'll hear her. You you know, you mentioned coaches that are very stoic, yeah. and, and while she has her moments, but she also has her moments. Well, on the basketball court, you're going to see her, you're going to hear her. She is she gets fired up just as much as her team does, and you know she led them to the playoffs. Granted, they had to face Lincoln State, ranked Lincoln in the first round, tough draw, but she had them back in the playoffs, and you know I, I expect them to be back in the playoffs uh, again next season. And this program is in great hands with Coach Cole.
1: Awesome, and that is a look at some of our Coach of the Year selections for a handful of our markets for our uh, our latest installment of the Varsities. I guess the uh, let's see the other part two categories that we'll have this week are let's see. Best Performance and Biggest Upset, in addition to uh, to Best Coach. So be on the lookout for those in the papers and on our website, starlocalmedia.com. And, yeah, that'll do it for this episode of the podcast. So we'll, uh, we'll be back on Thursday to, uh, I guess, break down a couple uh, entries from our ongoing summer question series. And in the meantime, folks, uh, you can keep enjoying your weekend. We will talk to you all later.
0: Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than starlocaljobs.com.